For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and today it's just going to be me and Cody. Uh, i got a lot of Rangers stuff to talk about. It's Hank Week, which is super exciting. We're both going to be there, actually. At least Cody will be there. I don't know if I will for sure yet, but um, Cody Franco, birthday weekend. You turned 29. What's going on, dude? How's the weekend? Feeling, feeling old, one, one step away from, uh, from 30, but weekend was good. Heard you had a good weekend too, and you know, time to talk some Rangers hockey. Yeah, so I guess we got to be honest off the bat. I didn't watch a single second of the Rangers game on <laughs> Friday and Saturday, but you were texting. I woke up to like three texts. I feel like from you about Kreider and uh, you know all this shit, and I'm like, dude, honestly, I didn't even watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> the guy is everywhere. I you can't. I can't blame him. I mm-hmm. mean, Kreider is just he's just been unreal. A quick quick recap. You know, the Leafs game was. We started those first five minutes. We were, I, I remember we were freaking out. Like that wasn't good. Um, those two goals and then two penalties right off the bat could have kind of looked like it was about to be a football score game. Mm-hmm. Got real nervous there. And then, and then they kind of just turned it all around and uh, Revo had two huge goals. This, uh, the city definitely loves him. And I feel like he's, he's really becoming a fan favorite, which is awesome. Love to see it. And, you know, they, uh, they played really well against the Leafs and finish strong there. And then against the Canes, I mean, we, we knew, we knew that X Rangers were going to have a field day on us. Didn't we? I mean, there was and a lot then, of X Rangers playing in that game. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, Tony D was pretty much the lock for a goal. I knew that would happen. Uh, I think he had two assists as well. And then, uh, Jesper Foss, good old quickie. I think he had a goal as well, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, obviously would have loved to win that game. I got to question some of some of Gallant's uh, lineup changes there. I don't understand why he he was messing with a good thing. Like when when we win, I need to to put. I think he put Hunt on the second line and like swap things up. Obviously, he started Georgiev, which you know some people uh, he he was playing well like before before the Canes game. But obviously, some people definitely questioned that as well. And because Igor was so hot, you wanted to kind of see. Our, our best goalie against their best goalie, but it is what it is. Um, you know, of course, we didn't win the game, but at least they showed fight there in the third. I think they dominated the third period. They looked they looked like they were overpowering uh, the Canes the entire third period, which was awesome. And then the Yotes game, I mean, Kreider is just – this guy's unreal. He's hat trick. I think I think we were talking about he has five straight goals in, in five games. and He's got eight, guy, goals, eight goals, two assists in the last five games. Oh my gosh. He's yeah. just an animal. He is an animal. He's, 
lead league right now, uh, 29 goals with, with Ovi and, mm -hmm. you know, he's at a pace for 57 goals, which is insane. And I think that would be a, actually a Rangers franchise record too, which would be absolutely nuts. I mean, I'm not counting my eggs before they hatch there. I think it's more realistic that we, we shoot for 40 for Kreider. I think that would be an awesome milestone because, you know, we've seen throughout his career, he's, he slows down here and there uh, and he's a very streaky type of player, but the guy is absolutely on fire. Hasn't taken one step back this entire season and he just works really, really hard. And you got to appreciate that. Who was the record setter for most goals in the season? Is it Yager? Was it Yager that had like 57? I think he passed. I think he passed Graves that one year. I, I think Yager, I, Yager, I think Yager definitely had over 50. Uh -huh. I don't know who it was. I know Gra Graves had it for a long time. Yeah. I think Yager then, broke it in like 06, 07. Yeah. Yeah. That might be it. Yeah. It might be 06, 07. And he went, he went absolutely nuts that season. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I can't remember how many he had, but I know if Kreider gets 57, that would be a new record, which is crazy to think about. I mean, if he, if he keeps it up, he's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, what's crazy about Kreider this year, too, is that he's getting so much puck luck. It's not like he's necessarily playing a different style of play, but, dude, I think, I, you know, I, I watched the highlights, like I said, on Saturday night, and I think two of his goals, like, came off the stick of a coyote. The puck just, yeah. like, found him, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's, he's not doing anything differently, but he's finding a way to be even more of a net front presence than he has been in the, in the past, and he's obviously one of the best net front presences in the game but mm -hmm. he's just finding such a good way this year to like continuously crash the net continuously get tip-ins from you know defensive shots and it, it, it's he's just he's just playing his his best game and i'm definitely here for it right now and it's it's funny because people were giving him so much slack obviously when we drafted uh lafreniere and they're like mm -hmm. oh my god like we could have traded Kreider, and now we signed him and he's just shutting everybody up and, and you gotta love to see that so I've been tweeting about it a little bit too, and I brought it up on the show before, but I really do think that this Friday, Henrik Lundqvist is going to give him a jersey with the C on it during the, during the ceremony. I mean, dude, I was at uh, Leech Night when Brian Leach announced that Adam Graves was going to have his jersey retired, and that was such an incredible moment in the garden. And I was only like 12 years old, but I just remember how – like I got, I got chills like just being there for that moment, and I feel like the Rangers kind of know that as Ranger fans, we're all waiting for a captain to be named, and I think – you know, Truba has made a name for himself, but Kreider has really just like gone above and beyond to be the captain and has really earned it. And there's obviously a lot of people who think they should wait and give it to Foxy. But then again, Foxy's not even wearing an A right now and he's still so young. And I think it'd be so cool if Lundqvist announced on Friday night that Kreider was the captain. Like, I think that'd be so sick. Yeah. So, so here's what I'll say to that. Uh, I definitely agree. It would be an awesome moment. And we we both know the fans would go absolutely bonkers. Mm -hmm. um, that would be That would be the coolest thing ever to see it. Uh, I think Kreider definitely deserves it. I mean, the guy's playing his heart out. He's, as you said, Truba is, is another guy who's been talked about a lot and, and same with Zibanejad as well. But I think Kreider out of those three is the one who earned it the most per se. And obviously he's the most tenured. Mm -hmm. um, I do think though that I am one of those people who think it will be Fox. The reason I you say do. that, yeah. And the reason I say that is because one, I feel like if it was going to be Kreider, they would have just done it at the beginning of the season. Like the Zabanejad extension shouldn't have mattered. Like mm -hmm. no matter what, they they were planning to name one and and didn't. But like it should have been Kreider. Um, number two, I just don't think in any way, shape, or form they'll want to take away from Hank's night. I think they wanted to like kind of be all about him until the game. Um, so for that reason, I think they won't do it. 
if they do do it this year and name a captain, I think it would be maybe right before playoffs to like mm. really spark the team and get, get them hyped. Mm. But uh, I, I just think, yeah, I mean, I just think it's gotta be Fox at this point. Like why wait so long? Really? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's gotta be Fox at this point. And I know he's not the locker room presence and vocal guy like Kreider is and Truba. But he's definitely vocal in other ways. Like obviously on the ice, he gives it 110%. He's he's his IQ is out of this world. I mean, he's put he puts me to awe every single game. I, I'm like, what more can this guy do? And and every every single game he just shows me something new. Um, but again, like you said, he is really young. So it's like obviously a lot of responsibility. I know McDavid got it really young, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting and, and I'm, I'm cool with either of them. I think mm-hmm. both of them would be awesome. I mean, I guess you got to look at the fact also like does Fox even want it? Cause that's, that's something as well that you got to mm-hmm. look at. I feel like Crowder's shown he wants it. Same with Truba and, and a few others. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would, it, it's going to be interesting to see. And, and I'll definitely give you uh, on Twitter and Instagram some props if that does happen, because yeah. you're the only person I know who has said this. So. Well, honestly, I gotta, I gotta say though, I do disagree with the Fox take there. I gotta say, I, I uh, you know, I've obviously, you know, I've known him for a long time, and he's never yeah. really worn a C before, so that's the reason why I don't know if he's not necessarily up to the challenge, but it's something that he's never really taken on. Um, he's yeah. always like worn an A on the teams he's been on, and then again, like when I think of a captain, you know, the person I kind of think of isn't necessarily always the best player, but it's the person who. You know, is gonna right. dro- is gonna drop the gloves like right off the bat if if someone goes after a teammate. Which Adam, you right? Know, as, as much as Adam is gonna stand up for a teammate, he's not really the quickest to to lose his gloves. You know, um. So just as far as like that goes, I feel like Kreider. I, I think he went after Subban when Subban slew foot Ryan Reeves, but I, I know Subban didn't fight. Um, but yeah, Kreider is one of those I, guys who will sacrifice his body like night in, night out. And Foxy does do a great job like blocking shots and everything. You know, as far as just like chippiness and and hard on your sleeve. I think Kreider's the guy. I, I don't see yeah. anyone else. Yeah, I mean, I, I the only other guy I would allude to is Truba. Um, uh-huh. I think it was actually Truba who was also fight who also fought the Devils, and and I yeah. think he rang the bell a couple times in a row, like maybe uh-huh. three or four games in a row there, and had some really big fights. But he's always there to answer the bell and and fight. I mean, Kreider is too, but but not not as much. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it would be, it'll be interesting uh, from the from the standpoint of tenured. It, it should be Kreider. I yeah. mean, he's, he's the one guy from the OGs he played with, you know, he's one of the only guys who played with Hank on the team and, and um, he's been here for a really long time. And I think he definitely deserves it. He's done everything he can to, to show he's a leader and really gets the guys going uh, in certain aspects. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's definitely one thing. Um, but then there's also Truba, like the other, the other night, I think uh, against the Yotes, we were getting crushed in that first period. We were outscored 16 to four. Mm-hmm. And um, went down in the first three to one, and then Truba sparked that like un- unreal fight uh, during during the their power play, and then we obviously had the shorthanded goal. Um, I think that was by Kreider. Yeah, yeah, I think that was Kreider. by Kreider the shorthanded goal. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, again, it's like both of them. I mean, I do agree though. Yeah, Kreider sounds like the play he does, but I, I I'll stick with my take of Foxy for now. Kreider actually never had a shorthanded goal in his career, and he has two in like the last four games. <laughs> I know. I, I wow. remember. I, I remember when he got the first one, and they said that that's mm-hmm. insane. It's like the same thing when he uh, at the beginning of the season he never took a penalty shot in his life, yeah. and then he took a penalty shot. It's it's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, no, everything's going his way this year, and it'll be cool to see yeah. him in uh, in Vegas in like two weeks. That's something yeah, too. I wanted to bring up also. 
the, the, the Vegas and all-star break and Olympic break, I don't know if that's good for the Rangers right now. They got a lot of momentum going and I don't know if a two, three week break is going to be good for this team. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you could look at a lot of teams. I, I know some teams have had a, a significant amount more cancellations than others. Right. So you have like the senators, for example, and I think the Bruins as well, they're going to be playing like six, seven games over that break. So there's not going to be really much of a leeway, but we do have that two week break and, and, and it'll be tough, but again, you got to find a way to be resilient and, and keep yourself busy and just think that there's a lot of other teams that are going to kind of be on this break as well and, and take some time with your family. And if, if that's what they're allowed to do and, and just get right back to it on that, uh, I think we play the 15th. So yeah. And, and other than that, I, I wanted to also bring up the boy Igor again. He stole another win against Toronto. I think that was his fifth stolen win of the year, which is insane. Uh, I think he's first by a decent amount in, in amount of sa- stolen goals like this year. And in addition to that, I mean, the guy's nine and oh in his last nine home games. Yeah. He's been, he's been money at home. And I, just for the listeners, what classifies a stolen win and stolen save? Yeah. So I think, so I, I follow, um, Steve Ellicott and I uh-huh. see he always posts his analytics, uh, after the game from, I guess, I guess the analytics company that he works with. And it's pretty cool. Actually, you should definitely check it out on his Twitter, everyone listening. And, uh, the stolen win essentially classifies by like high danger shots. There's high mm. danger shots, mid danger shots and low danger shots and, you know, high danger shots that should be going in the net and should be a goal. For example, in the Toronto game, I think, I think they were expected 4.56 goals and we were around 3.7, something like that. Mm-hmm. So essentially they should have beat us either four to three or five to four or something along those lines. But when they're, when they're, you know, expected goals is higher than ours. And, and obviously Igor only let in three goals in the game and we won six to three the guys, the guy straight up stole the win. So yep. he's, he's done that multiple times this season and, and he's just showing even it, it's back to last week. I mean, it's just mind boggling. This it's not an all-star to me. It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. I just looked at money puck and it says the expected goals were 4.1 to 3.13 for Toronto. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Yeah. It's, oh. it, it's crazy. And then, yeah, sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was saying once we went down three to one though, I knew like Toronto was going to collapse. I mean, we had two, three, one comebacks this week. That's pretty, you know, it's pretty damn good. I know. I saw your tweet. You you knew it was going to happen. I knew so. it was going to happen. <laughs> there, Story so itself. Yeah. And did you see uh, Tenorti got put on waivers today? I how did, about you? I did how see that? that. Well, everyone yeah. thinks that's just going to clear up room for Jacob Chicken, right? That's the rumor going around? Yeah, that's the rumor going around. I mean, for Tenorti, see you, bud. But, um, you know, <laughs> he didn't he, he didn't really do much for us. Hmm. Uh, he played in a couple games. I think he maybe played six or seven games. And Obviously, it was a liability, so we had to find a way to get rid of him. I, I don't think it saves us any cap putting him on waivers because uh, nobody's going to claim him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it clears up a space. It shows we're about to make a move. Uh, yesterday during the game, I think Me- Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman said something about there's a chicken rumor going around that we made an offer, and it includes Vitaly Kravtsov. Uh, as like one of the head head centerpieces of the offer. Um, you know, Chikrin is a great player for sure. He's obviously not having a great season, but again, the Yotes aren't a good team. So it's what you expect. But what I want to see is like, why are, why are we essentially making a move right now for a defenseman when I, I think we should be going for a winger right now or a center because we're having all these forward issues and these depth issues. And don't get me wrong, Chikrin would be awesome on this team. And then then you have to kind of think if you can re-sign Miller and and there's there's a whole bunch of things to think think about down the line and also like what would this return be for Chikrin right so 
you got to assume it's at least a first. If they're including Kravtsov, okay. You got to include a third piece. That's probably one of our D men. I, I I would have to assume it's either Jones or or Lundqvist because Chikrin's four point six million dollars this year, and then he's also on term for three more years after this. So you're getting a really really nice piece for term there, and it's mm-hmm. not a rental, so it's going to cost a monstrous haul. And then on top of all those pieces, like you're, there's probably 10 other teams that want him. So you're going to have to sweeten the pot as well. Cause this guy doesn't have a no move clause or anything like that. So they could send it wherever they want. So like it, it's, it's really in their hands. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to kind of see what we do there. And, and if we are making the play for Chikrin, I, I wonder like why now and not the deadline as opposed to kind of going for a forward right now, because that's what we need. I mean, you saw Hito got hurt. Kako didn't play yesterday and, you know, Kako, Laugh, Heedle, none of those guys have really lived up to where they should be in terms of the right wing. Uh, so, yeah, what do, you, what do you think on Chikrin? One thing that Chikrin does add, too, though, is he is Jewish, so that'd be two Jewish players in the New York Rangers, which would be cool. Um, <laughs> is he? Is yeah, he? I had no yeah. idea. That's awesome. I think his mom's Jewish. Um, obviously, oh, Chikrin amazing. doesn't really come off as a, a Jewish last name, but... You know, he's he's yeah. a young guy, a good player, a strong, strong player, strong skater. I mean, I don't know if you've seen a picture of that guy with his shirt off. He's pretty ripped. But I, I think he just adds more depth defensively. I know we do have a lot of young defensemen, so I do agree with your point. Like, not necessarily a guy we need, but then again, he's young, he's reliable, he's not in his prime yet, and he hasn't really had a chance to be on a good team to really prove what he can do on a good team. So um, definitely interesting to see what he can do if he's put on a Stanley Cup contender, which I think we can consider the Rangers as a contender, right? I know we want to talk about that a little bit too. Okay. All right. We're, we're, we're getting into that. So basically what I want to talk about is, you know, do we think the Rangers are contenders is, is a huge, huge topic of discussion right now. And, you know, like, like we play these bad teams and we beat up on them as we talked about last week. And then we're playing some good teams and we're, we're beating them as well. But then you have a top, essentially a top two team in the league right now. I mean, to me, I think Carolina and probably the Avalanche are the two best teams. Um, you know, Tampa, once they get Kucherov back and, and so on, obviously they're there as well. But right now, those are the two teams I'm looking at that are really like the perennial, perennial contenders that are elite of the elite. And it comes down to the fact of like, can we contend with them right now? Probably not. I mean, we've we've gotten crushed by both of them, um, by the Avs twice. But at the same time, I mean, you get a Chikrin, you get, you know, a couple forwards and and it kind of changes the dynamic and, and the landscape of things. So mm. I'm really curious to see kind of what Drury does here because it's it's all in his hands. We haven't seen too much from him yet. He's uh, I think Elliot Friedman said he's a stealth guy and he really seems to be doing that and going undercover. So so I'm excited to to see what happens. And we have so much cap. I think we actually have maybe like 15 million right now. And I think at the deadline, we actually have over 30 million dollars, mm. which is insane so it's like a one-time thing or windows right now you got to spend on these guys and and yeah i mean i think in in some form we're a contender we're definitely a a, a playoff contender for sure i mean i think we'll get there no problem at this point um knock on some wood there but i said this to you a a few weeks ago um we we only we're only going to go as far as as you know we need laffy and we need kako and we need those two guys to really develop into the caliber players we drafted them as I don't think both of them will do that at this point but I think it's you know they're very young still I know I know fans are starting to freak out a little bit um rightfully so because they haven't really done too much in the in the few years they've been playing on our team but again like you need to realize you got to have some patience with these kids they're both under 21 so that's insane like think about what you were doing when you were 21 probably not not 
playing for the New York Rangers. You know what I mean? It's like, we gotta, we gotta be patient with these guys and really hope that one of them becomes that close to all-star type player. Like my hope, I always looked at Kako as hoping he would turn into a Kreider. That's kind of what I hoped. Like a big body uses the four check and is a goal scorer. And I think if one of them can kind of pan out to where we'd like them to be and, and get there in that top six, then they can really help elevate us to a contender. What, what do you think in that regard? Well, to your point, I think the NHL prime, like the prime age for an NHL player is like 26 to 28 years old. So these guys are still so young. Like that's when you become a man in the NHL. Like, you know, yeah. obviously there's people that are exceptional, like Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Crosby, Ovechkin, all those guys. But dude, we're seeing Ovechkin put up 20, 29 goals right now in, you know, 30 something games and he's 36 years old. So, yeah. you know, obviously he came in right away and he was, you know, pretty dynamic and was able to dominate. But for most people, it takes time. Like, you know, Jack Hughes is, is an all-star this year, but is he by any means like tearing it up? He's having a good year, but he's not, right. you know, doing what a typical number one overall, like Matthews or, or McDavid would do. You know, I, well, I that's think, the thing. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, that's the thing. Like a lot of people got used to seeing from a few years back, Matthews, Eichel, McDavid, all staggered on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And it's so rare for a number one or a number two pick to, to immediately light up the league. Like more often than not, you don't see that. So the fact that we just got three in a row there, yeah. it, it like really, it really changed things. And now people are expecting, you know, every first round pick to be an absolute monster when he, right when he starts the league. But you know, you see like even Rosmus Dahlin, I mean, he's been in the league quite a few years now and he's, yeah. he hasn't, I, I, I mean, he, he's been kind of like inching up towards, towards being a really, really good player, but he's not that superstar that everybody said he was going to be a generational defenseman. Um, and it's kind of like the same thing with Laffy. You just need to be patient. And I think if one of them can get us there to, and, and really get to that very, very good NHL type player. I think they'd be able to kind of get us over the hump into turning into a contender in addition to any other kind of, you know, deadline moves we make and so on. Mm-hmm. And back to your point about being a contender, the Rangers right now, are the only team in the NHL that have four guys in the top 20 in scoring. I mean, we got Foxy who has 45 points in 42 games. He's got seven goals, 38 assists. He's 10th uh, on the points leading board. Then Panarin's yeah. 14th with 11 goals, 32 assists, 43 points in 37 games. And then Kreider and Zibanejad are 19-20. Kreider, obviously, 42 points, 42 games, 29 goals, 13 assists. And then Mika has 15 goals, 27 assists for 42 points in 42 games. I mean, our big guns are getting it done, and that's what you need come playoff yeah. time. Like, you know, I, I know a lot of people are kind of shitting on the Oilers right now, but Dreisaitl and McDavid need to get it done when the time comes. They're getting it done right now, but... Um, you know, you need your big guns to play well in the playoffs and, you know, McDavid and Drysdale have done so, but the rest of the team has been able to pick it up. But right now the Rangers have shown that they're a good team simply also by this stat too, that I wanted to bring up They're 12, Oh, and one when tied after two periods. So any third period they're going into it, that's a close game or tie game. They're finding a way to win almost every time. Like that's pretty insane. And that's really, you know, that's the telling factor in the playoffs is good teams find a way to win, whether they get outplayed or not. So, um, that stat to me is what stands out. Like literally only having one loss after being tied after two periods. And that loss came in overtime or a shootout. I'm not sure which game it was exactly, but yeah, that is crazy. Was that, maybe that was the McDavid game. Maybe. Is that the game we, is that the game we lost in OT against that? Maybe, maybe, but yeah, anyways, I mean, that's, that's a crazy stat. And yeah, it's just showing what a resilient bunch this team is. And mm-hmm. like, they'll ultimately do anything to, to get that win. And that's what good teams do. And that's what contenders do also. So that's a huge, huge factor going for them. 
Um, the four the four players in the top twenty is just freaking insane, especially yeah. since outside of Strom, like those are the only five guys putting up points for us. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, you got Truba and you got Gaudreau, who are like you know they're they're producing, but yeah. but those those five for us are really like handling the bulk. Mm-hmm. So if you can, you know, that's five out of six on our on our top two lines. So if you can get that one other player, like you get a Thomas Hurdle or you get uh, someone else like of that caliber, I mean, it's going to take this team so far and. I remember Drury said he was kind of trying to mimic that uh, Tampa Bay contender where they had their top two lines were super skillful. And then the bottom two lines were like really gritty. And he's definitely emulated that so far. And I think it's, it's really showing a long way and, and going a long way, as you can see with that 12, Oh, and one after two. So mm-hmm. that's, that's exciting. And also I, I wanted to ask you, what's, what's your thoughts on a JT Miller reunion on Broadway? I saw Frank Cervelli said something about it. Yeah, I mean, depending on what we give up for him, I mean, he's he's been great this year. Um, he's definitely he's in the top leading scorers too, I believe. No, I'm gonna look yeah, for it right yeah, he's now. a point per he's a point per game player. He's he's having an unreal season. I think I think we can get him for so we get him this year, and I think he's not a rental either. So we'll have him next year as well. Mm-hmm. For um, it, it's not crazy, but I think it's around five point two five. So it's it's we we'd have to move someone. We probably have to move Heedel. I think at this point, it's it's pretty realistic to say Heedle's probably gone anyways. Yeah. Um, I think. He's showing he has a little value as of late and, you know, he's a former first round pick. And I think teams will definitely take a chance on the kid because he's extremely young still um, and can develop into a very good player. So I think that's uh, that's something that we can kind of explore there. And it, it really, yeah, you're right. I mean, it really matters. Like, are they going to have to give up a first or are they going to have to give up a second and then probably Heedle and then probably one more piece? Um, what I would look at is like, can they throw Nemeth in there and like sweeten the pot? Because mm-hmm. no matter what they do, they need to find a way to kind of get Nemeth out of their lineup. Um, Hunt, Hunt needs to get down to the fourth line and uh, they got to find a way to get Greg McKegg out of this lineup. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know he scored the other day. My, my buddy uh, Max hate, hates Greg McKegg. <laughs> I think I, I tend to think it's just because of his name, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so when they can kind of s- supplement these players who are essentially borderline AHL players or, or low caliber NHL players for some, some good talent full players. I mean, it's going to go a long way and, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, as you said, I mean, we'll get to that contender status and I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. So. Yeah. JT Miller has 12 goals, 27 assists, 39 points, 39 games, and he's plus one. So he's having a good year on a Vancouver team that has been like a little hot and cold. Um, you know, definitely very streaky and obviously have been much better since Boudreau took over. But I also I just remember this too, since you were talking about McKeg and all those guys being AHL players pretty much. But the first time that we played Colorado, we actually like played with them pretty well until, you know, yeah. late in the second period. And Adam Huska was in net that night. It was his first NHL start, and he was pretty much an AHL goalie. So I, I don't remember the second game in Colorado. I think it was pretty ugly too. I think it was like five. No, no. So we lost the first time seven three, and then we lost four to two in Colorado. Okay, so seven three is what yeah. I was at, and that was yeah. really rough to watch. Yeah. So that's and, the game I was at. And Georgiev started the second game too. So Igor hasn't even played them this year. Oh, okay. All right. So that makes see. So that makes yeah. me feel a little better for sure. I mean, you know, Igor, as as we know, the guy's the king of stolen wins. So he mm-hmm. might have stole one against them too. And it's just the thing about Colorado is they're such a fast team. Yeah, they're so. And fast. You see them kind of skate with us and it's like i think the rangers are a pretty fast team and they just absolutely skated all over us Mm -hmm. and i kind of saw that with vegas as well right so like vegas was also a fast team and and we need to find a way to slow down those teams and we didn't really 
I, I actually did want to get into kind of some of our weaknesses here because we didn't really touch on it too much last week. But like our three biggest weaknesses are really, you know, 5v5 obviously is a glaring issue. And then those those neutral zone and, and turnovers and the high danger chances are obviously a huge issue. And then the other one, which I'm starting to think might be our biggest issue, is we need to find a way, especially come playoffs, we have to find a way to play 60 full minutes. Like yeah. we Like we can't play 30 minutes a night and – expect to be good teams like we did against the coyotes right like we need to play a full 60 minute game of hustle and bustle and i i know against the yotes they had like a crazy thing happen with their plane in, in carolina and they got in at like four in the morning or something like that but mm. but um you know we've seen it other games so it's like that's that's kind of uh what i would i would love to see them improve on those three things and i think they could be it could be dangerous come playoffs yeah, I think the most complete game we've seen the Rangers play this year was that four nothing win against Tampa at home, like the day after New Year's. That was a pretty. I think they went up three nothing in the first period, just dominated pretty much the entire sixty minutes. And then Igor, again, Igor obviously stood on his head and had thirty eight save shutout. Like, I mean, I don't know if they definitely dominated the whole game, but just a good performance from the offense and and obviously Igor and Net. Yeah, yeah, that, that game, the Boston game was also an awesome one. And, Boston and game was a good one. Yeah. And I mean, you can even allude to the Leafs game the other night outside of those mm. five minutes. I think they played like 50 minutes of really solid hockey. So mm. I would love to see that from them. And, it, you know, if you're not playing good hockey, those first 10 minutes or whatever, like just don't do stupid neutral zone turnovers and, and, and all of that. And, and you can kind of limit those mistakes and limit the ch- high danger chances. And, and this team can really get rolling and, it's it's funny like hearing us complain about them and they're 27 and 11 but mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but yeah i mean come playoffs it's like you got to be prepared for this because obviously we don't want what happened a few years ago with carolina where they just swept us in that yeah. playing round like you got to they're going to they're they're going to come prepared for war so you mm-hmm. know we we need to as well and i'm um, i'm excited to kind of see what galant and uh, and drury do at this at this deadline and see how they can uh implement these guys into our lineup yeah no, I completely agree. And and one more thing I want to hit on before we wrap up here. I know we're going on a little bit, but Henrik Lundqvist night is Friday. Very excited, obviously, for both of us. Do you think he's going to cry? And what are you looking forward to most about the night? Yeah, so I'm super, super excited for the guy. Um, you know, he deserves the world. He he gave literally, literally gave his heart for this team. Mm-hmm. Like he's he, what a guy. Um, I'm very, very excited to see it in person. I, I can't wait. I might cry, let alone him. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think he will. Um, I'm also excited to kind of see what, what other greats will be there. I feel like mm. they're gonna, they're gonna show up in class for sure. Um, and just a quick, like stat, stat drop from, from our boy, Hank. I mean, guys, all time win leader for the Rangers at 459. Um, I believe he has 64 shutouts, which is also all time for us. He's sixth on the overall wins ranking and leaderboard, which is crazy. And uh, the only guy who has more wins than him with a better save percentage than Lungfist was Roberto Luongo. I think Hanks was like a 918 or something like that. And, and Luongo's was a 919. So the guy just has unreal accolades. I mean, he won the Vezina in, in 2012 or 2013, one of those. And, you know, he, he's, he was an unreal player to watch. I mean, it was such a treat to watch him every single night and, I mean, on top of that, I, I just, I wish not even for the city. I just wish we could have gave the guy a cup, like literally yeah. fuck, fuck the Kings. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hate them still to this day, but uh, yeah, I'm so excited for him. I'm happy for his family. And I think it's going to be an awesome night. What, what about yourself? Yeah. Also six and two all time in game sevens. I mean, 
He was unreal every ser- every single series we went into, and there was a game seven. We kind of knew the Rangers would come out with it for the most part, at least. But um, you know, I'm super excited just to hear him speak. He's a really good speaker, and obviously just like yeah. the coolest guy. Um, I think he will shed some tears. I hope he does. I think it'll make it a little more special. But you know, he knows how much he meant to this city. I think, which makes it, sure. um, you know, even that more emotional. And I, and you know, I'm sure the Stanley Cup thing will come up. But um, you know. I, I can't think of a hockey player that made a bigger difference on the city in our lifetime, even athlete maybe than Hank. I mean, I still argue to this day that Henrik is probably the best athlete to never win a championship. Yeah, definitely, definitely up there for sure. Yeah. Like no question about it. And, you know, on top of that, this guy's for sure a first ballot hall of favor. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not even, not even going to be debated. And yeah, I'm, I'm just super pumped. It's, it's awesome that it's happening right after you retire. They're like immediately they're doing it. Cause obviously you saw with O'Ree, they, you know, it took a long yeah. time for Boston and so on. So it's really cool to see it, like watch him play his, his whole career and then, and then immediately see him go into the rafters. So I'm so pumped for it and, you know, it should be an awesome night. And yeah. I hope, I, I hope you end up going too. So we can, yeah. uh, can hang out. Going to get a beer and a prime rib sandwich. Yeah. Nothing better. Yeah. Nothing better. But as far <laughs> as the rest of the week goes, the Rangers do play at home tonight against the LA Kings. I'm saying tonight because you're listening to this on Monday. Uh, that's a 7 p.m. puck drop. Then they're in Columbus on Thursday, 7 p.m. puck drop as well. I'm sure we'll see Georgiev get the start in that game because they play a back-to-back at home Friday against the Wild. I'm sure they're going to want to put a circuit in for Hank Knight. I can't imagine Gallant going with Georgiev on Friday night. No but shot. That, but then again, who knows, man? I really have no yeah. idea. So. Yeah. I imagine we'll see Georgiev Thursday night. And then Sunday, there's a matinee at the Garden, 1 o'clock puck drop against Seattle Kraken. Um, the Kraken have been pretty shit this year, so I think – they'll be able to pull the win out on Sunday. But, um, you know, the first game we played them, they, they, they held their own against us. Yeah. I was, I was getting nervous that first game. I think we won like four, two or something like that. But the, the whole game, I think they had more shots than us and everything. So I wouldn't say it's a shoe in, but yeah. you know, obviously they've gotten worse over time. Yeah. Foxy and Panarin combined for that really nice goal to, to take the two, one lead in the third period. I remember that was a nice, uh, nice little drag by Foxy went top shelf. Yeah. That's pretty much all I've got for this week. You got any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm just, you know, if everybody can uh, tune in on Friday and, and watch that Hank game, you definitely should. I think it's gonna be an awesome moment and you know, one, one you'll remember forever for sure. Yeah. So we're looking forward to this week, four games. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. Thank you guys for listening as always. And let's go Rangers. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.